Folks, have you checked out the Irish History Podcast shop recently? Right now, I have a sale of 30% off everything when you use the code SALE30. So go to irishhistorypodcast.ie forward slash shop and get 30% off everything when you use the discount code SALE30. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's a scene that's almost universal to every detective drama. A few days after the crime, an investigating officer returns to the scene. They look pensively around them, maybe rub their finger on a dusty surface and pinch it between their thumb and forefinger. Then, standing in the spot where the events took place, they replay in their mind's eye what they think may have happened and crack the case. While solving crimes is obviously far more complex, clips like this highlight the importance of the context and the setting in murders. They don't happen in a vacuum. Understanding setting is not just about the physical space, however. It's also about understanding the society where they took place. The attitudes and views which influence how an individual acts is key. This is particularly the case in understanding the murder of the man we know today as Old Crohan Man. In the last episode, we saw how his murder was very similar to the murder of Crony Cavan Man, but also shared traits with victims across Iron Age Europe. It's obvious his case had something to do with wider society at the time. So in this episode, we need to travel back to Iron Age Ireland. This is The Road to Ocran, an Irish mystery, episode four, The Crime Scene. This series was written, researched and narrated by myself, Finn DeWire. Additional research by Damien Lawler and Miriam Ryan. The sound was by Jason Looney and the artwork by Keith Hines. I want to start with a thank you to all the show patrons, without whose support this series would not have been possible. If you want to get on board and support future projects like this series, you can support my work at patreon.com forward slash Irish podcast. You'll get early access to the show and bonus episodes. Patrons already have access to the fifth episode at patreon.com forward slash Irish podcast. You can also support the show by checking out the shop at irishhistorypodcast.ie forward slash shop. You can get lots of unique gifts there based on Irish historical figures and events. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to the show to guarantee you get episode 5 when it's available. It was about four weeks after my initial visit to Crohan that I packed up my recording equipment and returned to the area. This time I had a very different goal in mind to try and understand what this region had been like 2,300 years ago. For a second time, Damien Lawler, a local school teacher and historian, brought me around the area. 
we did it on foot and for a second time we made our way up Crohan Hill, which dominates the region. From the summit, Damien began to point out the various bogs in the region where archaeological surveys or excavations had taken place. So looking around from the hilltop, as you look to the north, you're heading over towards Derry Bog and Derry Arkin, and then as you move back over, you come into Ballybeg Bog. The weather was beautiful, and the bogs below the hill were a hive of activity. In the distance, grey clouds of dust were rising up as an industrial milling machine harvested peat from the bog. Seeing the huge tract of bog really began to give me a sense of place, and when I mentioned this to Damien, he cut me off and said, I see an open-cast mine. Um, I, I, I see an area that hasn't... It, it doesn't look like what a bog should, you know. A bog should be a marshy area, should be, uh, you know, slightly wooded. You know, in the past, there's been... Like, there would have been, in terms of that Ballybeg bog, which bordered in Bunny that was a pine forest at different stages. There would have been oak forests at the edge of it. And now we've just got bare peat being, you know, and, and very, very dry area during the summer and stuff like that, where you see, and you see the dust rising off it there now. To prove his point later in the day, he brought me to where old Crohnman had been found, the very place he had died all those years ago. OK, so we're standing here just um, a, a few metres away from the fine spot of old Crohnman. Um, on the right-hand side, on top of the, the bank, you can see the blocks of peat that have been cut out. Um, they're all stacked up to help them dry up. Um, eventually, they're going to be taken away and they're going to be milled um, to, to, produ- uh, um, to produce the, the basis for compost. Today, what we see in front of us isn't probably what it would have looked like when Old Crotton Man was here. You know, this would have been an expanse of of, of marsh, um, you know, with with the same boggy texture that's been, that, that's been produced. But um, you know, it's it's not going to look like what, what I'm familiar with as a bog, or what the the, the people from around Crotton today would be familiar as a bog. But the the, the, the type of fen or the type of um, sort of boggy area that Old Crotton Man gets put down into. As Damien talked about the milling of peat, he then moved on to what the bog would have looked like 2,000 years ago, and it really struck me where we were standing may have been where Orkrohan Man was found, but it wasn't where Orkrohan Man had died. It might have been physically the same spot, but it had changed so much. Certainly, the way it is today reveals little about Orkrohan Man's murder. However, most of the changes in the bog are a somewhat recent development and even older people in the area remember these bogs very differently, and their insights proved very useful. I'm not saying they viewed the bog in the same way that old Crohan Man did, but it was at the very least thought-provoking and gave me a sense of how this landscape, which has signs of industrial activity everywhere, the occasional rusting machine, mounds of milled peace, was very different until recently. Damien's father Eamon, for example, now in his 70s, can recall a very different landscape. In the world of COVID-19 restrictions, we sat in Eamon's garden as heavy machinery could be heard rumbling on a distant bog. And Eamon described the bogs of his youth. They were more of a wilderness than an industrial landscape. Nothing else. They were just uh, complete, you know, for wildlife. People would be shooting and uh, all of that sort of thing out on them. And and I remember a man that I used to work with in, uh, I worked with ESB in the power station in Road. And I remember him, like he was an oldish man, but I remember him saying to me, on the road from from Rushford Bridge to road, that road now is uh, the R400. And he said he could remember a time when the bogs was higher each side of the road. He said you'd be looking up at the bog. If you were driving along the road, you'd be looking up at the bog. Now, if you drive from Rushford Bridge to, to, to now, 
you'd be looking at like it's just flat, or it'd actually be up higher than, because of the, like the drainage had a massive effect on on uh, on all the bog area. Like it, it completely drained it, out, and the more it drained it out, it you know it just settled down. This industrialization also changed the way the bog was viewed by the local community. Prior to being drained, the bogs were to one degree or another otherworldly. When Eamon talks about the bogs of his youth, it is very different to what Damien describes. While Damien talks of modern industrial peat extraction, Eamon can remember a different landscape, epitomised when he talked about something called Will-o'-the-Wisp. This is the source of much superstition. I can remember before the bogs were developed. And if you went down that way, and you would see a light, now I'm talking off, way across the bog, but it would be just one single light. The people used to always say, well, that's Will-o'-the-Wisp. People, you know, there was always this sort of thing that people would follow the lights. You know, they would go after the wrong that thing. But the danger was, you see, was that, you know, you, you could actually walk into a, a sort of a soft area or a sort of sinkhole, like I say. But it really, it, it was a gas from the bog, like, you know, and it would be always a sort of hovering around, you know, over wet areas and I... But then once the bog were drained, like, you don't see any of that. You'd never see any of that. I've seen Will-o'-the-Wisp on bogs in Mayo, and as a faint, distant light, it seems to dance along the bog. It can be quite unsettling. If you didn't know it was caused by gases, it's easy to see how superstitions would emerge around it. Eamon then began to talk about a more distant past, long before his time, and I thought he began to give a sense of how the bog must have been seen before science explained what Will-o'-the-Wisp was. I have a feeling that, it, that, and there would be a lot of people that would think, like, you know, that bogs were kind of a sort of a out of the way, and in certain way a sort of, they were sort of sacred places, like, you know. When we think about old Crohnman and the nature of his death, this certainly began to make a certain degree of sense. If these were sacred places, this might begin to explain why such strange murder cases can be found in these bogs. However, to fully understand this, we need to look at the communities who lived around these bogs 2,300 years ago when Old Crohan Man died. We need to understand how they viewed the bog and if this related to the murders. Life in Ireland at the time was radically different, almost beyond comprehension. So the best place to start is a general overview of life in Ireland at the time. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com 
slash host. The population of the island today stands at about 6.5 million people. Assessing population sizes prior to the first census in the early 19th century is very difficult and gets increasingly difficult the further back we go. Eamon Kelly, the former keeper of antiquities in the National Museum of Ireland, explained how life had probably become increasingly hard during the transition between the preceding Bronze Age and the Iron Age when O'Crohan Man lived. There seems to have been an indication that there was a slump, perhaps related to... uh, to adverse weather conditions at the end of the the Bronze Age. So there may have been a reduction in population. He then gave an estimate for what the population of Ireland was at the time. Well, certainly I wouldn't have thought that the island sustained a population of over half a million at that time. It was probably very considerably less. Eamon then went on to describe what we know about day-to-day life. During the Iron Age in Ireland, people lived in tribal societies, which would have been ruled by uh, local kings. Probably as well, this, the, the system of, of provincial kingship was already in place, whereby the larger provinces consisted of confederations of smaller, of smaller kingdoms. Cattle were a key to the economy, and the key to social status in in our age society. Communities were probably quite small uh, and, and, and scattered. In terms of honing in on the Crohan area, we know there was a concentration of people living around Crohan Hill. This was the community or Crohan Man had once belonged to, and presumably the community his killers also belonged to. In episode one, we heard from Cathy Moore, who surveyed the bogs in this area, and found evidence of these communities. This is a reminder of what Cathy said. We used to go out in the summer for maybe six to ten weeks at a time, and in those three years we found about 1,200 archaeological sites in the area surrounding Crohan Hill. So that's a huge amount of sites to have discovered in relatively short field seasons. Those bogs were absolutely full of archaeology. And I suppose the, the bog that's closest to Crown Hill is Valley Bag Bog, which is just at the northeastern foothills of, of Crown Hill. And we found about 105 sites in there. And it was really it was really unusual material. It was a really um, exciting bog to work in. We found sort of unusual prehistoric activity in that bog that we hadn't seen before. We also found a lot of artefacts in that bog. We found things like a beautifully preserved uh, wooden yoke that would have been used on draft animals, and that was dated to around, I think, 800 BC. We found an early Bronze Age bow stave, so a longbow made of yew. Uh, We found trackways. We found some prehistoric occupation sites. It was a really unusual, really different landscape in Ballybeg Bog to what we usually found. There was unquestionably a community in the area, probably centred around Crohan Hill, the key feature in the landscape, as Cathy explains. The numbers of sites that we found, like I said, we found 1,200 archaeological sites in three seasons. That shows that there really was, there was a lot of people in this area throughout all periods of, you know, of prehistory coming into the medieval period. So in Ballybeg, we had 105 sites and I think they were all prehistoric. So that's kind of, that's a lot of people, that's a lot of activity, that's people out there all the time building things, utilising the bog, accessing it, uh, spending time out there. So it's, 
it really does point to kind of a vibrant prehistoric community in the area. And that does tie in with what's going on on the hill, absolutely. This certainly changes perceptions of the bog. They weren't the isolated places they would become in later centuries. The key question, however, is what was the precise relationship between the people and the bog they lived around? Why were they venturing into what was ultimately a land with very little use? Bogs are wet and infertile. However, as Eamon Kelly, the former Keeper of Antiquities in the National Museum, explained, communities in the Iron Age were drawn to bogs for very different reasons than we are today. The peatlands, especially the large tracts of raised peatland in in the Midlands, would have been quite dramatic uh, before peat cutting began. Um, Because Ireland would have been uh, a largely forested uh, uh, country. Um, And we know certainly from archaeological work undertaken in the Midlands that the, that the Midlands had very extensive oak woods but the boglands were clear of, 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 of high vegetation so these are the sort of places you could have gone to, uh, to see the sky um, which was probably an important consideration because people were sun worshippers in the uh, in the Iron Age. And if you wanted to observe the sky, you could go out on a bog. And that was part of the reason why I think bogs were special places. Um, so you would have had dramatic change in, veg- in, in, in vegetation on the bogs. The bogs would have been covered with, with vegetation. There, there would be uh, lawns and, uh, and bog pools and so on. Um, they would have been quite dangerous places as well. Um, I think uh, some of some of the remains that have been found in bogs are people who died of misadventure, uh, probably falling into bog holes. Uh, but yes, the boglands um, would have looked very different to the present sad and sorry uh, state. So this would indicate that bogs like Clonerl Bog, where O'Crohan Man was killed and buried, would have been seen as a special place with spiritual associations. Miranda Althaus-Green, the Professor Emeritus in Cardiff University and a leading expert in the Iron Age, adds to this idea that they were very special places. Of course, if you think about bogs, they, they've got these kind of miasmas sometimes, the mists that are over them, the will-o'-the-wisps, the, 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 the gases that spontaneously combust. So particularly at night, it would be a rather mesmerising, but rather frightening place. While the bogs were clearly very important places, the final piece of the jigsaw is Crohan Hill itself that dominates the area. While we will return to its importance again in the next episode, Eamon Kelly explains why it might have been important to life at the time O'Crohan Man was killed. For many, many, many miles around, the most dominant feature in the landscape is the pyramid of of of, uh, of Crown Hill. Um, it, it does completely dominate the landscape there. So it it, it would have been uh, a place of of obvious interest, I think, to to Iron Age peoples. As I said, the belief is that in the Iron Age people were sun worshippers and mountain tops are important places because that's where earth and and, and sky meets. And these 
are also places where rituals were performed and where uh, prestige burials took place. And of course, on top of Crochan Hill, there is a, there is a burial cairn. We don't know uh, if it's Neolithic or Bronze Age, so that could potentially be a very important excavation site at some point in the future. While Christianity would not arrive in Ireland for several centuries after O'Crohan Man was executed, Eamon points out that the presence of early Christian sites on the hill indicates it may have been important when O'Crohan Man lived in the region centuries earlier. Well, on the brow of the hill as well, there, there is a monastery which is associated with, with St. Patrick. And Patrick is said to have left his Bishop Macalla in charge of that monastery. Uh, in some of the tales, it's associated with St. Bridget. It's where Bridget was said to have uh, uh, taken the veil as a nun. So it's increasingly clear the crime scene and the surrounding environment was a spiritual place, a sacred place, a site of ritual. An unsettling explanation now begins to emerge from this, that O'Crohan Man, and indeed others like him in Ireland and Europe, were killed as part of some sort of ritual. They were the victims of human sacrifice. Nearly all archaeologists, save the occasional exception, are in agreement, as Vinan van der Sanden, the Dutch archaeologist, now explains. Yes, I think they must have played a role in a certain ritual. We have no idea what kind of ritual that was, how many people were present when this man or woman was brought to death. I certainly think... There was some kind of ritual, but to the characteristics of that ritual, we have absolutely no clue. Miranda Aldhouse-Green believes that evidence of ritual remains in the bodies themselves. For example, she has looked at the nature of the wounds inflicted and argues that in some cases, these were carried out with the idea of spectacle and theatre to enhance a ritual. She focused on the body of Lindo Man, found in the 1980s near the English city of Manchester. Yes, with Lindo too, the main Lindo bog body, there's enough remaining to suggest that after the skull was cracked, the garrote and the throat cut would have been almost simultaneous, which would cause an incredible uprush of blood. And that would suggest that the idea of theatre and drama was incredibly important. Even then, even after all that, he didn't die until he was pushed face down by being kneed in the back, pushed down into the bog because there was some water in the lungs. So there was this ability to understand anatomy and to understand how to keep a person hovering, freeze-framed between life and death. In light of this, I was very keen to understand more about O'Crohan Man's wounds. He had been stabbed in the heart, decapitated and disemboweled. I wondered if any of these could have produced the same effect that Miranda outlined. I got in touch with Professor Mary Cassidy again, the former state pathologist interviewed earlier in this series. Her answer surprised me. Contrary to what I expected, the stab wound to the heart would not have led to a dramatic spray of blood. The bleeding would have been largely internal. Professor Cassidy, in her reply, however, did say that the cutting of the throat was the type of wound most likely to produce such a dramatic effect. In the case of old Crohanman, we don't know if he sustained such a wound, as he had been decapitated where the neck meets his torso, so all evidence is gone. However, other aspects of his death suggest that an attempt to create a spectacle may have been at play. Miranda Aldhouse-Green believes the location and the surroundings 
of the murders may have been crucial. Here she talks about the case of an individual called Harlscar Woman, an Iron Age body killed in violent circumstances and deposited in a bog in Denmark. That's right. I remember visiting the Haraldskar bog in central Denmark, this wonderful woman who died in the 5th century BC. The bog itself is in a kind of natural theatre. So it's very remote. Most of these places are very remote, and I think that's quite deliberate. And the bog itself is surrounded, this is the one in Denmark, surrounded by, it's almost like a natural amphitheatre. And you can imagine that it was a place of great ceremony. And you can imagine the procession, including the prisoner and perhaps the people who were going to kill him and, and maybe a selective group of people who were going to be onlookers and observers. So I think it, it's a lot of theatre. There's a lot of drama going on with these things. When I was in Crohan, Damien and myself visited the location where old Crohan man had been found. And it was hard to get a sense of what it might have looked like 2,300 years ago. A few feet of peat has been removed. So there's no question the immediate landscape has been transformed. However, the wider surroundings are unquestionably dramatic and would have been at the time. Damien describes them here. As you look back up, you look back up onto Crotton Hill and, it, you know, it, it would seem like quite a distance away, but it's probably only, you know, as, a, as the crow flies, um, it's probably only maybe 2k um, to, to the summit of Crotton Hill. And you can see that it's, it's almost a steady climb the whole way up from the bog. At this point, based on what we understand about Old Crotton Man, his murder the place he lived and his connection to other cases in Ireland but equally importantly cases across Europe. It seems clear that he was killed in a place of spiritual importance in what was a ritual of one kind or another perhaps enhanced for dramatic effect. This doesn't answer the key question why? In episode 5 of The Road to Old Crohan we turn to answer this question getting insights from the leading experts across the world on this issue. That episode is available at patreon.com forward slash Irish podcast now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.